Happy Super Bowl Sunday night. Happy Drop Zone Sunday night. And welcome, Sean Zock and Dylan DeChera with you here. Sean, the PGA Tour needed a good week this week. They needed to showcase the best version of their product, and they did exactly that. To me, that's the biggest story of the week. What have you got? The actual biggest story of the week is the lack of protection that Charlie Hoffman has received from the PGA Tour. I'm kidding. The real story is that Charlie Hoffman's off his rocker, and I cannot wait to discuss it with you. This week on The Drop Zone, let's get to it. <laughs> Here's where you have to know how to drop your golf ball. Sure speeds up play when you have those drop areas. Fowler has dropped the ball twice. The Shambo is going to get a free drop. Something bad has happened if we end up here. This is The Drop Zone. Okay, Sean, before we get to the very best stuff you talked about, no protection, made me think of Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals, our good people in the Midwest are mourning tonight, deservedly so. But Sean, we've got exciting news here in the drop zone, and that is that this podcast is now officially sponsored by our friends at Radmore Golf. And we're not just talking about any sponsorship here. We're talking about a sponsorship that is personal to us because in this case, we are becoming the world's first sustainable golf podcast. Hell yeah. Every good podcast is a sponsored podcast. So thank you, Radmore, for looking at the drop zone, seeing value. Uh, We love to see it. You love to see it. We love to be sponsored Radmore golfers. Yeah. So, I mean, what is Radmore? First and foremost, they're a Seattle-based apparel startup and their whole thing is that we can do better and how much better basically 95 percent better right now so they make clothes that look great on and off the course but they're also making a 95 percent more sustainable product sean we're getting rid of microplastics get rid Everyone of everyone in their organs right now if you look at if you look inside someone's organs you have enough plastic to make a credit card. <laughs> Something else, Sean, another little Plastic. fun fact. The average American throws away 80 pounds of clothing each year. But honestly, if these are not compelling facts to you, I would say just go to radmoregolf.com. That's R-A-D-M-O-R golf.com. Check out the selection. You're going to see us wearing Radmore golf stuff in upcoming videos. I'm wearing a Radmore hat and sweatshirt yeah. right now. You can't see it. This is a good podcast segment because you can just hear what it's like to wear Radmore golf apparel. It's great (laughs) stuff. We're glad to be on board with the Radmore team. It sounds comfy. Sean, let's get to it. I would like to start with just the fact that this turned into a banner week for the PGA Tour. We talk about must-win games in other sports sometimes. I'm not sure this was quite a must-win game, but it sure felt like a good one, Um, in part because of the Saudi International last week, in part because of... Phil Mickelson saying what he was saying about uh, the the PGA Tour being obnoxiously greedy, in part because of whatever Charlie Hoffman was doing, which we'll get till get to later. But this was a week for the PGA Tour to be on uh, the Waste Management Phoenix Open, now questionably rebranded the WM Phoenix Open, is one of the most exciting, one of the most electric, one of the most sustainable. PGA Tour events on uh, on the schedule. I think if you ask an average fan, it's one of the events that they would know the most besides, you know, the majors and the big ones. It put on a great show. It ran too long. It shouldn't have run into the Super Bowl. But uh, Sean, I would say that this was a dose of exactly the PGA Tour fun and goodness and storylines that everyone needed 
Um, what I was going to say, speak, speaking of going on too long, I, I let you go on a little bit too long. Yourself. I appreciate that. That was a long ad read straight into a long intro. <laughs> uh, I received a text from my father this morning. It said, waste management open is now on my bucket list. Sam Ryder, smiley face. Wow. That kind of tells you everything you need to know. My dad is not much of a golfer, but he's all in on bucket list items. And that's what this event is. The majors are bucket list items. I would argue that the players is a bucket list item. And beyond that, the Ryder Cup, I don't think the President's Cup is a bucket list item. (laughs) This is like this seventh, eighth biggest event in pro golf. I think that's probably accurate. I think you can obviously work the women's events in the women's US Open, the women's British Open. Like when it comes to men's pro golf, though, this is Mm -hmm. definitely like number seven on the plate of things that you want to do. And I I mean, it, it hit on every possible scenario. Dylan, I landed in L.A., at about 2 p.m. Pacific time, which just meant I was I was in the air for about two hours. And during those two hours today, golf got naked and afraid. Literally, both of those things very literally. <laughs> I have First never naked had, then afraid. I've never had more FOMO for what was happening on golf Twitter than when I landed and saw that I had missed out on an hour of Harry Higgs, Joel Damon getting naked and afraid. Uh, for for Justin Thomas chipping in and that being enough for the crowd on 16 to go crazy and toss beers everywhere. Let's talk about that Something- for a second really quick because <laughs> that had a lot of, uh, that had a real like, you know, number 16 in the country beats number 12 in the country. Let's storm the court energy no, to like the chip that's in. That's not exactly the comp that I think needs to be made. You're You're close. You're close. You're very close. It had... It had like, there's at least an unranked element to it here. Like okay. unranked Minnesota facing 11 and one Michigan. I guess every golf fan by virtue of being a golf fan is like unranked because you're just, you've been waiting for this celebration. So yeah, maybe it's yeah. like their third victory over a ranked team in the same season, but they're like, this is our time. We're doing it. <laughs> well, it's the first one at it's the first one at home. Oh. The students have been watching this team, you know, win from afar from a long time and it, this is their their crowning moment. But like the team they beat is like the 7th ranked team in the country. They've lost already and like the spread was only 3 points. <laughs> anyway, not to yeah, not to steer you away from your larger point here, which was Look, I, yeah, this was exciting. This this was awesome. I think that there's a couple events that are maybe held in like higher regard as far as the, I don't know, the stature of the PGA Tour goes uh, based off the golf course, based off the history, based off the some of the historical figures involved. Like this week, Sean, you and I will both be at the Genesis Invitational. Riviera is considered one of, if not the best normal PGA Tour golf course, but the difference it's with gonna the be a waste, letdown this week. <laughs> the difference with the waste management is is twofold. One, it is for all intents and purposes a stock PGA Tour event. I think when you oh, talk yeah. about the breakaway leagues and stuff, and you're making the case for the PGA Tour, it's easy to make the case for like the magic of the majors and you know for a couple of the other events, but there aren't that many ride or die PGA Tour fans um and i think the pga tour like they just needed a reason to 
to put people in that position to say, you know what, this would be really a loss if this no longer existed. And I think that we saw that for one thing with the talent at the top of the leaderboard. So the U.S. like Ryder Cup squad that ended up at the top, Xander, Cantlay, Scheffler, Brooks Kepka. Um, but you also saw it with a guy that has was not on the Ryder Cup team, a guy that would not be making big money on a Saudi breakaway league, Sahith Thigala, whose first name I'm still working on. Good pronunciation. You know, I the, the broadcast was having definitely a tough time. Um, but part of the joy of the PGA Tour is that there are ways onto it. Um, part of the reason it's not like formula one and there's there's some beauty to the fact that there's more than just 20 drivers out there is the fact that someone can work their way into a tournament go ahead and contend and then a 300 and something ranked golfer in the world can work their way up to take on the the top three top five top 10 players in the world so seeing that battle um seeing the emotion involved seeing scotty scheffler win his first tournament and be emotional seeing sahith not win his first tournament and you know embrace his and be family emotional and be very very <laughs> emotional it was it was really cool and it was um it was just a reminder that it all mattered what did you have any impressions watching the conclusion here yeah you know dylan seven days ago i said something on our podcast last week it was a little bit of a joke but it was not completely a joke you have to remind you know what me i said here. I said Patrick Cantlay doing a lot of contending, you not did. a lot of winning. You did not a say lot that. of winning, and uh, you you aptly and, and properly chided me in that moment. But here we are again, a lot of winning, or excuse me, a lot of contending, not a lot of winning. Again, still probably mostly a joke. Patrick Cantlay is playing like one of the three best golfers on the planet. Zero wins thus far this year, and. Uh, He's probably still warming up, but like I said last week, he's either going to win extremely soon or this is it, or this is the peak or <laughs> yeah, or he's going to drop back down. And, um, that's kind of my takeaway when I saw it happen again, because it, just, it this is a tournament that is often won closer to 20 under par. It's in the 18, 19 range. It felt like he at any point could have like pushed it towards 17, especially down the stretch. And he just kind of didn't, he had a number of putts on, on 18. Exactly. That hole didn't go in, um, a, a putt to continue. Patrick can't so, leaving an eight foot putt short on the 17th hole for birdie was <laughs> that's as close to an indictment on his closing ability as you will, you will allow me to give. Um, there was uh, a whole bunch of not closing going on. Uh, Xander, yeah. who has now not won on the PGA Tour, technically still since 2018. Mm-hmm. Man, it didn't necessarily look like it at the time because you thought maybe Scheffler will birdie 18. He had a good look, but Xander ends up with and and can't. What are, what are we gonna do? What are we gonna look. do about Xander? What are we gonna Man, do about Xander? He's 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 know. probably the number one golfer in terms of drop zone love, and he's not doing it. He's not. We gotta get it. We gotta get up his ass this week. We're gonna get out in front of him at the Genesis and say, "Buddy, here's a little present from the drop zone. Get it together, win this week, and then we can get the monkey off our backs." Because frankly, do we at this need point, to? We're giving him. 
we're giving him a little too much love for being. Do we need a, to issue you know, a ban? Do we need to ban Xander from not the drop a zone until he no, wins? No, 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 no. We just we need to we need to get in his corner. Like he's a like he's a heavyweight boxer, maybe lightweight boxer, who's been kind of battered a little bit reputation wise, and tell him, hey, let's squirt that water, get the blood out of his teeth, and say, get back out there. We're behind you more than anyone else, but also like our reputation rides with you too. So please deliver. So quick word on Xander. He was in an interesting spot this week because he was in the uh, the rare but not super rare uh, off-brand caddy week. You know, you see this with Matt Kuchar yeah, that's famously. True. You saw it with Sergio Garcia. You saw it with, you know, Martin Trainer uh, won the Puerto Rico Open with a one-off caddy. Xander had our boy Tech on the bag this week. His caddy, Austin Kaiser, got COVID. Uh, and Tech is a guy that, he played with his freshman year at Long Beach State, and they've stayed close. Um, Tech has played on, you know, over in Asia. He's played uh, on the Canadian Tour, the Form Tour. He's been bouncing around for several years, and uh, they've stayed close. They practice together, play together in Southern California. I wrote a, a cover story on Xander uh, a couple months ago, and Tech was one of the people that I interviewed for that. So I was surprised when I saw him on the bag on Thursday. Um and then also interested what that meant for the dynamic uh, between player and caddy because, you know, all of a sudden there's some different stuff going on there. There is a reset. There is like this potential for a little spray bottle in the face that I think sometimes is helpful. It gets you thinking about your process externally. It maybe resets you. It, it, it makes you more self-reliant. You can't really lean on the stuff that you talk to your caddy about week in and week out yeah but it doesn't sound like he really allowed for that though because he was doing conference calls with austin like every day yeah i mean look there may be they may be too deep in the process <laughs> he did not putt well he is no. the justin thomas thing going on of you know whatever he's got going on with the the long game with the ball striking is the opposite is going on with the short game and xander is really supposed to be one of the best players in the game Anyway, this is a big yep. sidebar, but Xander winding up T3, ending up with a pretty nice payday for our boy Tech. Uh, that That's a feel-good story. So that's not a win for Xander, but it is a nice win for his fill-in caddy. Xander, so. ran into a, Xander ran into a cactus this week. I have uh, a cactus story I won't go into, but I ran into a cactus out in Arizona, Phoenix Did area. You? Yeah, about 15 years ago. And it wasn't Brickly nearly pear? as pretty as, as no, a jumping choya. Jeez. This is why you this is why you followed the drop zones because we have as world travelers just endless experiences that can connect <laughs> the PGA tour. One of those being running into a cactus. Uh you know, Dylan, frankly, I had a lot of fun watching the Phoenix Open. Um, but I don't really care. Like it doesn't it, it's not a huge it's huge that Scotty Scheffler won. He's a top ten golfer in the world now. But like the the whole gravitas of of I was already onto the Super Bowl, you know. Mm. I was over whether Cantlay won or Scheffler won. Or the fact that Kepka lost by one, Xander lost by one. Yeah, wait. Can I ask week. you an important question about this actually? Because I was working today. I was you know had to write up a couple blogs. I had to write up the game story at the conclusion since we uh, we did not have anyone on site today uh, in Phoenix. So I had the laptop out. Um, and the, the Super Bowl in the background. Did you keep the golf on, if you're being honest with, with our listeners? Here, 
I'll dive into a fun little story. I'm behind enemy lines. I am staying at the house or the apartment of a Golf Digest staff employee. Um, so frankly, they're probably Is tapping your into bugged? our podcast, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, there was a there was a Golf Digest copy of the latest issue on my bed waiting for me when I showed up. But anyways, um, we turned after the first playoff hole, the big screen to the Super Bowl, and then I propped up my phone, YouTube TV, uh, right up against the cheese plate, which is a good spot for it because there's a lot of food, you know, cheese, cheese plate is just kind of grab and go. It's really quick. No one's hands are going to get in the way of my little mini screen. So I had the golf going too. Don't judge. One more point I just want to hit on here, Sean, is, you know, inevitably once anyone has too good a time, there will be people pushing back against that good time and sort of taking things to uh, past their logical extreme and then arguing against that. So you saw some of that this week because there was so much fun on 16 um, and 17 and at the waste management because, you know, look, I mean, it's definitely debaucherous, excessive, et cetera. It's not everyone's cup of tea. You might not want to bring your kids to the 16th at the waste management. <laughs> Let me just lay out my feeling for you. And then, and then you can, you can tell me where you think I'm right or wrong. I think that this is great. I think it's a lot of fun. I think this tournament is perfect for what it is. It's a great destination for people that want to go have a good time. It tears down some barriers when it comes to golf's perception as being boring um, or elitist or just for a small subsection or, you know, really slow. I think that that's all important. Um, and I'm basically just a huge fan and I don't think that there is any reining in that needs to happen. I don't think this is shameful no, behavior you're wrong about that part. The only thing that needs to be reined in is we're not throwing beers on the green for someone chipping in for birdie. Oh, there needs to be yeah. signs next year. Well, that's what I Big said about signs. the number 16 team in the nation. Yeah. Well, I know what you meant. So what's your fix? No, I'm just, there needs to be big signs that say y'all are here to party. The beer cans go in the air for aces, aces only. We don't need, we don't need cleanup on aisle 16 when Justin Thomas chips in. So Holy that's the only fix. That. My other thing is that I just, when, when people on Twitter and people are writing about uh, how great this is for golf, we all agree. Who's saying that it isn't? I think we're kind of talking about this like elephant in the room that really doesn't mm. exist. I think everyone is in on this. I think it's a vocal minority. Who is out on it? I think that there's, there's, but you know what? You're right. This is always an important point that we're, we don't want to argue against straw men here. And I think that, that sometimes it's easy to do that. Um, there definitely are people just from, you know, browsing the mentions that say, this is a damn shame. This is a, this is supposed to be a game of sportsmanship. These are real human beings saying this. But you're right. They're definitely far outnumbered by the people that are saying, you know what? This is cool. And I think it's now established enough as a thing that the players going there yeah, know we're not rolling into. this thing back. It's yeah. not getting rolled back. Yeah, yeah. Either get out the way or jump on board. Yeah, Jordan Spieth is not showing up to to TPC Scottsdale saying, well, wait a minute. The crowds are kind of kind of loud. Um <laughs> So yeah, everyone knows what they're getting into. The guys that don't want it don't show up. The guys that do want it have a good time. All right. 
You know who didn't have a good time? You ready to get into the <laughs> one of the biggest drop zone moments in recent years? You know, yeah, who did not have a good time in his drop zone this week? Charlie Hoffman. And I want to get right to it because Charlie Hoffman for either the whole weekend or just a brief moment on Instagram was off his rocker. Charlie Hoffman posted on Instagram after, gosh, I think it was his second round. Yeah. He he posts one photo on Instagram. It is the photo of uh, the PGA Tour app in which he took a seven on number 13. This is his quote, direct quote. What a joke at USGA at PGA Tour. Today on the 13th hole, I hit my drive in the water and I took a drop on the side of a hill that had no grass. Dropped twice, then placed on a small tuft of grass. Turned around, the ball started rolling into the water. I was under the impression that the at USGA had changed that rule. I was wrong. Had to take another penalty for doing nothing wrong at all. Did everything by the book. It's still mind-blowing that a group of amateurs rule the professional game of golf. I also blame the at PGA Tour rules officials for putting out a terrible penalty area line where this could even happen. No accountability at any level here. No protection for the players at all. You wonder why guys are wanting to jump ship and go play on another tour. Players need transparency, comma, protection, and consistency. We don't have that under the current governing bodies. Then he proceeded to mention a bunch of media companies, not ours, and then a finishes with sorry bow actually not mentioning <laughs> the drop zone. Yeah. He, by he, name. he goes, sorry, Jay, meaning Monahan, exclamation mark. We need to do better at all levels of the at PGA tour, including myself, who represent the players on the board of the tour. If we don't, we won't have a tour any longer. Hopefully there will be a change soon. Unquote. Dylan, that last that second to last sentence if we don't we won't have a tour any longer if charlie hoffman doesn't get this rule changed we're not going to have a tour any longer are you worried for the sake of the tour um i i mean i guess i'm worried for the sake of the tour if this is the guy who's in charge of the the rules if this is the guy that's pro tour i mean my biggest takeaway here sean is that there, the levels of self-own in this post are <laughs> arguably greater than anything we've ever seen in the world of professional golf. Because let me just run through them. The first, he's talking about what a joke on a hole where he made a, a double bogey seven. So first of all, he's the guy that hit it in the water. Um, he's bringing this to all of our attention. He spells tuft of grass, you know, not not in a correct way. Hmm. Uh, he, nope. he says that he was under the impression that a rule was different. So he's sort of admitting to not knowing the rules. Um, And then he kind of jumps towards, you know, like tagging his, tagging his people to kind of go to battle for him, which includes like Barstool Sports, Fox Sports, who's not even in the golf game anymore. The Saudi (laughs) International, which you know, I don't know what the point is here. And then he comes back to accusing the PGA tour advisory board, which he is a member of. I mean, this is, it's like, I think he might be the chairman. The call is coming. He's at least a past house. So he's at least a past chairman or like he's on his way out of that position. I mean, all right. And then I guess the biggest cell phone of all is that Charlie Hoffman was in the, 
the catbird seat here. He was in the most enviable position in all of golf, which is being the victim of a dumb rule slash penalty. Like everyone is so willing to jump on board. It's like if your caddy is is standing behind you and you're lined up and you have to take a penalty, everyone's going to rally for you. If, if you're Ricky Fowler, you suffer the same penalty as Charlie Hoffman. People are going to go to bat for you. You have the chance to, you know, sort of say you're bummed out about this, but then everyone's going to call you classy, a great competitor, etc. He yeah. didn't do any of this. <laughs> he, 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 he took the, he was standing on the high ground and he sledded down to the bottom like a, like a skeleton, skeletoner, skeleton. I think he in has, Olympics. I think he would have a legitimate chance at getting this rule changed for January 1 of 2023. Yes. If he said to any reporter or if, you know, if he decided to proofread or spell correctly, if he decided to say, hey, guys, I took a seven on 13 today. At the worst, I should have had a five. But I, I got screwed over by what I think is a dumb rule. I am the outgoing chairman of the PAC board or the of the whatever board he's referring to on the PGA Tour mm-hmm. in terms of players. Ricky Fowler ran into this a couple years ago at the same event, and he almost lost this event. This is a rule that I think should change. What do you think PGA Tour, USGA, RNA? Start a conversation. Instead, he goes, this rule sucks. And this is exactly why guys are thinking about playing overseas entirely, exclusively, avoiding the PGA Tour. He's he's drawing in just ridiculous comparisons and yeah, yeah. Doesn't make connections sense. that don't make any sense. He is off his rocker. And you know what pissed me off the most? Uh-oh. What did? Is that he is that he showed up to play golf the next day, sucked, and then started talking to the press saying I did this intentionally. I don't have any beef with the PGA Tour necessarily, but I wanted to include this because I wanted to make a point. I wanted to use, essentially use the media to get us all riled up, which check in that box, to get to get a conversation started. And yeah, he very much succeeded in, uh, in an unsmooth way. And I I know for a fact he did not, move whatever argument that he intended to make any further down the road uh he got phil and bryson to comment on instagram and say sure. uh you know their support which joel beale pointed out on from, from golf digest that you know if phil and bryson two of the guys most in favor of the you know the saudi tour it seems right now are on your side you know maybe you uh, aren't <laughs> on the right side yeah I mean, and I think that, you know, you would be silly to not draw a connection between this and what Phil said last week. They're both San Diego guys. They play golf together. Um, I think they both recognize. <laughs> they have talked that, about this. Yeah, they both recognize <laughs> that there is an opportunity it. to use your platform to gain leverage, affect change, whatever it is. But I think Did they, though, did either of them do that? No, I think what did Charlie Hoffman <laughs> succeeded in is getting a ton of people to just absolutely dunk on him all over social media i know that like the world of golf twitter is not the real world and is just a tiny sliver of sports fans but i also know that fans don't like being treated like they're stupid or like they're being used for some you know greater like leverage that's the important word and i think i mean used this is 
this is maybe the second most kind of passionate I've been on the drop zone in recent history. The first being last week when I was talking about <laughs> Phil is just gaslighting us and telling us that, you know, the PGA tour are the greedy ones when he's talking about taking tens and tens and tens of millions of dollars to go overseas to play golf somewhere else, etc. This is where Charlie Hoffman is saying, look, the reason that people are going to leave the PGA tour is because this one rule that the USGA, which is not the same organization is enforced on the PGA tour. And I suffered from that rule and it's dumb. Like it, it's not logical. It doesn't even check out. So the fact that you're saying that that is why everyone is going to leave and go play a different tour like that, that feels disingenuous to me. It feels disingenuous to pretty much everyone who seems to react to it. And, uh, yeah, you don't see that sort of like unanimity on social media very often. It's almost disingenuous for us to continue diving into Charlie Hoffman's work. Sean, what rules would they use on the Saudi tour? What, what rule book would they (laughs) go by? How would his ruling have been different? He used the words, no protection for the players at all. Players need transparency, protection, and consistency. I'll tell you one thing. The rule book is damn consistent, and it's damn transparent. Is he being protected against gravity and a hazard right now? In this instance, no. Uh, But I don't think that's necessarily the protection that he means. He, He, of all people, and PGA Tour players of all people, are protected within the rule book in endless ways. Patrick Reed, a year ago at Torrey Pines, was protected by the shield of his honor and what he believed that he was doing within his own, you know, right and in interpretation of the rule, like protection is actually one of the tenets of the PGA tour. So on the same day that Charlie Hoffman was talking about this, the PGA tour had removed from all social media, a video of Zach Johnson doinking one off the tee on a practice swing because, yeah. you know, I mean, you tell me why media, rights, that's a bad look, bad look. <laughs> Etc. But there, there's protection. There's a lot of protection happening. Yes, and so that is another reason why this is, again, Charlie Hoffman, off his rocker. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, just to like wrap up this idea and make sure we're not pushing back against someone that doesn't exist. Like I'm guessing most people listening are, in general, agreement with this idea. So I mean, the point well, is not to like push back against like saying, "Oh man, all of you don't get this." It's more of like, guys, we're with you. We're going through this together. Let's think through why this was kind of like triggering for us as golf fans. The reason why this sucks, this whole thing sucks, is because if we can agree that Charlie Hoffman and the connections he made in this Instagram post and the things he said afterwards to reporters, if we can agree that we are against that, what sucks is that he is making a great point. The rule sucks. Yes. The rule is a bad bad rule. Bad, bad, bad. it, It all begins from such a great place. Charlie Hoffman had a chance as one of the board members that represent players on the PGA tour. He had a chance to make a great point about a rule. It's a dumb rule, Yeah, but he bungled it. Like This is America. There sucks. shouldn't be double jeopardy. There shouldn't be double penalty area penalties. If you don't hit the ball or make it move once it's back in play, there's no reason you should get penalized again for the same yes. thing. No, doesn't make sense. 
So what's sweet about all of this might be the fact that maybe, <laughs> maybe the USGA will actually consider this to be a pretty dumb rule, right? Yeah, sure. Is it is there is there a chance that the the governing bodies that govern the rules part of this game they've been changing rules for years? Every yeah. every year there seems to be something that is getting amended within the rules of golf. This feels like an obvious one for twenty twenty three. Yeah, and I'm surprised it wasn't already changed frankly in that in that area i'm with charlie hoffman and i guess to some extent we can't discount the the you know the extent to which this was just a frustrated pga tour golfer because when when golfers are mad because they've done something bad or they've played a bad round they get a little kooky and so that combined with whatever strange ideas he was already considering and harboring turned into this you know who needed protection post. by Joe the Burrow. USGA? Joe you on the first tee at Gamble Sands. <laughs> I could have used a little bit of protection for your first tee shot at Gamble Sands that w- someone maybe found it in the last six months playing that golf course, mm-hmm. but that ball was lost within play. That's protection that Dylan needs. It's really and good I point, need it, Sean. frankly. I, we're um, only about, tra- a, what, a week or two away from signups opening for uh for us open qualifying Shout i want i want to wrap this this charlie hoffman thing up by saying a day later <laughs> the day later charlie hoffman who doesn't have twitter posted on instagram um from the front seat of a waste management garbage disposal truck because reminder this guy's sponsored by Waste Management, the sponsor of the Phoenix Open. <laughs> That's so part of the crazy. thing we didn't even we didn't even bring that up. That yeah, this yeah. guy brought a, re- you know, he he probably technically brought more eyeballs to this tournament. He's in the commercials way, for this event. Wait, the other thing that you kindly didn't bring up, Sean, he finished last. He finished. <laughs> he didn't beat anyone in the field. Uh, of those Straka, who made the cut, it looked like he might, you know, at one point, but no, nine over for the week last among so, those that made the cut so the instagram post that came a day later from the garbage truck was well it looks like i have some trash to clean up after last night's rant hashtag greenest show on grass at wm phoenix open i have nothing but respect for the at pj tour exclamation mark Sometimes you have to use a platform to make a point so the PGA Tour can continue to be the best place to play professional golf in the world, exclamation mark. Look at that sentence. Gaslighting. Yes. <laughs> Look at that sentence. Sometimes you have to use a platform to make a point so the PGA Tour can continue to be the best place to play professional golf in the world, exclamation mark. If I told you that Phil Mickelson said those words, you would have believed me more than any other PGA Tour pro I could have named out of a hat. That sounds like Phil Mickelson, Charlie Hoffman, San Diego friend. Does it not? Yeah, it's just, it's purely disingenuous. It's literally, he's literally admitting, (laughs) he's either saying, look, I didn't mean what I said yesterday, or what I said yesterday was a joke, or I was lying what I said yesterday. I mean, he literally says, I have nothing but respect for the PGA Tour. Obviously, what he said the day before was the opposite of that. And then what he says next is essentially like, sometimes you have to make a point like, okay, so are you just trying to manipulate the public and the media into like change? Because that's also messed up and people don't respond well to that. We're not responding well to that. 
so let, let's it's let's, this let's is a, like, it's the same thing. It's it's pointing at the sky and and it's it's a gray sky and telling me that the sky is blue, and I, it's just not a good feeling for anyone. You're using us like so. Pawns. Yeah, and you know what? There's a lot of recent history in the social media world, like the social media era of pro sports teams, pro sports leagues, frankly, trying to use fans as pawns, either for their taxpayers' money or in the case of FIFA and the uh, European Super Mm. uh, Soccer League, this stuff can fall apart pretty quick and you can lose a lot of fans. Pretty There can be revolt. Uh, I don't know how that applies to the golf world. I think it just applies in the sense that fans, you know, fans have a voice like you, you can you can push so far and you can get people on board with certain ideas. You can convince people of certain things. But at a certain point, it's that it's that thing about fans don't want to feel used. Don't you can push us. To, yeah. You can get us to buy some buy some new golf balls, you know, 80 bucks a dozen. But <laughs> But don't don't point up at the sky and tell me the wrong color. Yeah, no, I I agree, and I don't think this, this I don't think this hurts Charlie Hoffman to the point that it can hurt Phil Mickelson, and to a similar extent at some point Bryson DeChambeau and a lot of guys who are going to align their ships in the direction of the rumored Saudi tour. Like it, th- that is not done yet. And, and Phil was last week, this week was Charlie Hoffman. They're not all too different in their messaging and who's going to be next. And where, like, is the money going to end up being signed on, on the dotted line? Like the, these guys are going to move in a certain direction together. And I just don't know how strongly they're going to be linked in order to make it happen. But at this point, hopefully that's just a story in a debate for down the road. I just know that Phil Mickelson has a lot more fans. That just means at some level, he has a lot of fans that he can lose. Yeah. Right. Right. Where I think Charlie Hoffman would fall more in the category of a lot of golf fans would enter this week with a, um, with a, you know, slight positive feeling about Charlie yeah. Hoffman. He's the guy with the, the fun headphones. He's always got a good smile. He seems like, you know, he enjoys life. He, he's a California kid. I think a lot of people would feel positively about Charlie Hoffman. I think that some people would flip this week, but, you know, look, everyone's going to reset to neutral pretty easily, I would say. Well, yeah, we have the Genesis Invitational Maybe. to look forward to, as you discussed. Can we say, can we just, I feel like we just got a little, we got on the on the negative train there. Can we just say a few nice things to kind of like cancel yeah, things out there? that's what I was getting to. Okay. Nice thing, the top 10 players in the world are all playing this week. Every all 10 one. of them. Yeah, and I don't think that's been the case at a tour event since the last major championship. I mean, this event is essentially at the same level as the Memorial, um, at the same level in my eyes as, you know, just, you know, all the, the playoff events, the FedEx Cup events. I think it's it's a phenomenal golf course and it produces a damn earned victory (laughs) like it produces a champion that has golfed his freaking ball uh i'm excited to be there for every step of the way in la the city of of champions city of angels to your dismay city of max city of angels 
and champions. Um, Dylan, you, this is not so positive, but you had a, you had a little, little money bet on the Bengals to win the Super Bowl. That did not go through. Mm. I had a much more positive bet on Cooper Cup to win the MVP. Did you? That went through. I did. What kind of, uh, what kind of odds would a, a, a theoretical better get on something like that? Six to one. Um, I placed it legally in the great state of Colorado from the airport before taking off to go to the the similarly great state of California that does not allow legal sports gambling. Mm. We so got to done. wait until you leave the state to collect your winnings. No, you can collect any time, <laughs> as I've learned. Um, okay. Well, I would like to say a nice thing to you, which is, Congratulations on your foresight there. Even at the end of the game, it felt a little 50-50. A lot of QB bias in the league, but Cooper Cup was the right man for the award. So I'm really glad that they gave it to this, him. This 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 is not, you know, a football podcast, but the end of the game started to have that familiar Tom Brady MVP stench to it that just kind of starts to stink a little bit. Mm-hmm. You get closer to the end of the game. Matt Stafford's thrown a couple picks, but he's thrown a couple touchdowns. Here he comes. You know. When James White should have won Super Bowl MVP a couple years ago and they gave it to Tom Brady because, you know, he's getting old and whatnot. I thought that was going to happen again. Thankfully, it did not. A couple more shout outs. Martin Trainer making the cut. I think uh, we're contractually obligated whenever he does make the cut. He finished T43 um, for just a quick shout out. Uh, no the- free ads, but like, thanks, Wilson, for believing in our. Oh, man. yeah. Great to get a, a Martin Trainer. Press release signed onto the Wilson staff this week. I, I truly a testament to uh, I get press releases, really. And just, you know, you wonder if you've still got it, if you're still press release worthy, probably when you're on the PGA Tour and, you know, things haven't been going great for you. Martin Trainer came in the inbox. That was huge. Uh, the quietest top 10 probably that I can remember, John Rahm, T10 this week. <laughs> That's so awesome. Um, and then never, Justin Thomas, a very, 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 very sleepy T8. So uh, all deserve all deserve praise. And then Alex Noren, the the only the only non-American really in contention at any point this week, finished T6. If I told you five days ago, Xander Shoffley was going to finish T3, Justin Thomas was going to have a sleepy T8, and John Rahm was just guaranteed to have a top 10 you just said i would i would put easy good money on that it just feels like that's how these guys finish tournaments <laughs> yeah, those are all about right yeah john rom finishes in the top 10 every time he plays i know it's not a guarantee but it just about happens justin thomas is one of the best tita green players in the entire world can't put that well can't win right now and xander again we need to, we need to do something about our man. We got to get him across the finish line. We'll get him there. He's so close. We'll talk to him. He's so close. Uh, final nice thing I would like to say about myself: picked Sahith in the uh, stock game at the start of the year. So I'm I definitely a part owner in the team this week. Um, and then the final nice thing Sean would be about the drop zone, uh, first sustainable golf podcast on the market, and. Uh, I mean, I know I could tell you were admiring my hat. 
that I'm wearing right now. I'm bringing you some Radmore golf yes. apparel to Los Angeles. We'll send out some photos, uh, but you guys should definitely head to radmoregolf.com. That's R-A-D-M-O-R golf.com. Take a gander. It's good stuff. It's cotton. There's no microplastics. Uh, it's good for the earth. Good for your vibe. And I believe soon we'll have a discount code for people, Woo-hoo. right? I think soon we will. Enough. Yeah. So if you want to wait nice. a couple of days, you know, can't blame you. Sean, we'll talk to the people from LA. <laughs> I've been living out of a suitcase for about a month now, and I'm about to throw some stuff, give some stuff away in order to make room for all the rad work here. Sean, I'll see you in our TikTok house in Santa Monica. <laughs>